welcome to MSP 1337. I'm your host, Chris Johnson, a show dedicated to cybersecurity challenges, solutions, a journey together, not alone. Just, uh, I just let her rip. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of MSP 1337. It is the first episode recorded in 2023. With me today, I have Eric Hansen of Inland Productivity Solutions. Welcome, Eric. Thanks, Chris. Happy to be on. As a, as a longtime guest, co-host, and participant in MSP 1337, I thought, who better to ask about LastPass than Eric Hansen? So before we get started, everybody we know is speculating or has made knee-jerk reaction decisions with regards to LastPass as their password manager. And, and kudos to you for having a password manager, whether you decide to leave this one to go to another, kudos to you for at least using a password manager. We talked about this a little bit before the show, and, and the reason I wanted to, to do this is, yes, everybody's talking about it from, from Twit to... Um, uh, you just said one like uh, Tradecraft Tuesday from Huntress. Everybody's talking about LastPass, some way, shape, or form, good, bad, the ugly. And, and again, I want to emphasize that this is not a conversation to bash LastPass per se, maybe clarify some some myths or misunderstandings. What I really want... processes, I think. Yeah, yes. What I really <laughs> want to highlight, because out of this conversation that I've had now multiple times is well, it was a good thing I wasn't on LastPass. I store all of my passwords in the browser or some variation of that. And, and, and I like to say this, and I've shared it with quite a few people. If you Google the YouTube episode with Ellen DeGeneres and the password minder, uh, it is very entertaining. When it came out, it was more so entertaining because we're like, why would you ever store why your would passwords you ever do that? <laughs> in a binder that's offline? And, and then to, I, I don't want to give away the the end so stick around for the it's a three minute clip i think if you stick around for the end it gets even more comical than it could possibly have been when it started and when i look at password management today it's suddenly not so funny anymore in lieu of recent events so yeah. we're going to break I'll this just up go and, on amazon and and type in password Notebook. Manager, yeah, password notebook, <laughs> password notebook. So, so, so along those lines, I want to break this up into sort of three pieces. Uh, number one would be like, this is like the least recommended. It's better than nothing, and we're going to kind of work our way up to what I would say is sort of the last pass type product with some variations, right? Because in the last pass world, you've got vendors like Okta and Bitwarden, Who, who's and, only got hacked twice last year, and I think and I think of yeah. <laughs> who's counting? Like I think we're we're now we're getting into like the the badges that I have on my belt are now tied to the fact that I too have been a victim like you, right? Um, but what's interesting is about what these vendors. So I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but if I think about vendors in general and the way they're communicating to their uh, client base. And, and for those of you listening, if you haven't watched the news, another school district just hit by ransomware, no school today. If you live in Des Moines, the interesting thing is 
why are these things happening in such rapid succession is not likely tied to because they had say LastPass as their password manager. It's going to kind of lean towards either they didn't have one at all or what I am, I can't, uh, I can't ask for this enough. Why are you not implementing things like SSO? And I've heard this argument over and over again, like, but what if the user credentials that I use for SSO get compromised? Okay, how hard is it to change one password versus say all your passwords in the vault times 100, 200? How many of them are sensitive information behind those you know, gates? Some of them, lots of them. Um, lots of arguments here can be made on, on that front. So, so let's start at the beginning. Uh, and Eric and I can go back in time and tell horror stories of the post-it note drama on, you know, remote terminal sessions and whole nother episode let series. Peel, let me peel that post-it note off my monitor right now. Yeah. It's, you just have one. Cause I have a really long password. So I have more than one post-it. Oh, I have, I have four. Oddly, none of them have passwords on them. <laughs> it's I a passphrase. I have a police case number. Uh, that works, especially if you use it on the end of like your password. That definitely makes it more secure. Oh, okay. Well, and, and now you have association. The generic part, right? Right. And you have the association with when you look at it, you're like, oh, I know that password goes to. And now no one knows the username because you didn't have to put that on the post-it. Well, there's, you, you always use the same username everywhere. That's right. So why would That's you ever right. have more than one? Wait, so there's another episode right there if you start talking about email addresses as usernames because how many sites require you to use your email address for the username to get into the site in the first place? I'll go at least 50%. Yeah, at a minimum. And it's really frustrating when they have the ability for you to create a username that's not your email address. But then when you go to login, log in. it prompts you to put your email address in instead. And now or, Yeah, or it just says username. <laughs> right. Yeah, and you're like, hmm. Is that the same thing? Because uh, as an expert on password management, uh, I often get confused when they do put that in there. You're like, oh man, I know what my email address is. And I have in fact paused for way too long to populate something because I'm suddenly going, oh boy, I set up a username for this. Wait, I bet I use my email address. And if not, I bet you there's a spot there where you put your email address in and I can retrieve it. Give the username. That's right. That's right. Actually, I kind of like those because that actually gives you a two-piece process to recover something that doesn't necessarily mean that the person who's trying to compromise your account would have enough information if they were able to hit the request button to get those answers. Does that make it multi-factor authentication just by that part? I am going to say... I'll bet one could make that argument. I think that if we were looking at this through the lens of insurance, you you may be able to satisfy the questionnaire. Would it stand up under scrutiny? Uh, no. Okay. No. no. So let's talk Facetious about- Facetious doesn't come over the, you know, come through as well on, on this. It Well, yeah. I think people listening know but, that largely we are both very facetious. So I think <laughs> they will read between the lines anyway. Let's hope. In fact, they may go, I'm not sure if Chris was telling the truth half the time on the episode because he had Eric Hansen on. So I don't know who was trying to trip up who, whom, 
Who's on? Wait, first? we're supposed to tell the truth now? Yeah, yeah. Um, I only do that on Wednesdays. <laughs> yeah. Any? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So password. I mean, this is this is the beast. In fact, I, I would argue that if if I were to just summarize everything we've talked about, we've gone completely in the wrong direction. Because why don't we just talk about password hygiene? My thought process, you know, Eric, correct me if I'm wrong here. If 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 our process with re what regardless of what password managers you might use or what password minder you have offline, password hygiene in and of itself is not done well, and we're constantly looking for ways to address it through password managers and and other tools and resources. But quite honestly, we we really don't spend a lot of time and energy on. Uh, no, Chris, your password should be more than four characters. No, right, like, right, like that part of this is the last thing anybody wants to talk about because it is the hardest thing to get anybody to want to implement because, well, it's painful when I got to type more than eight characters that don't start with Q and end in Y. I can type those extremely fast. Almost everybody can. Um you could argue that this is tied in some respects to the fact that we don't teach how to type anymore. So when you think about having to type a password every time you have to log into something, having to hunt and peck on the keyboard, you're going to find a combination of keys that's very fast for you to find. Yeah. Well, I mean, that goes, <laughs> that kind of goes back to, um, you know, I keyboarding was a skill I, I actually didn't have to take that class but you know you're about I five years it. older than i am <laughs> i think i'm a little more than that uh, i think you're exactly 10 years older yeah i was gonna say um but no i didn't have to learn that um because you know who's gonna need to type but yeah, yeah i mean i i think keyboarding is an assumed skill when a kid goes into kindergarten but we're way off track we're way off we track. we are, but we're I'm, not, because I think that there are pieces of where I want to go with this that are important, that are easy to fix, that don't solve yeah. the password problem, but they encourage a better um, uh, mindset around having better passwords that's right. adoptable because it's not complicated or it's not overly complicated. Right. So 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 start so with the password. Actually, let me, yeah, I, I do have something to throw in here. Okay. So regardless of password manager, I can't comment on all of them, but I can certainly comment on more than one of them. Um, sure. That one of the tools I think is oft overlooked by, you know, system admins or, you know, whoever's supposed to be paying attention to this, this level of stuff you know, these password managers do actually give you some insight into user behavior and, you know, how, what percentage of those passwords a user's using are the same. Because it'll call it out. And, so, you know, I'm, how many I of know them the answer. Using? Yeah, a lot. No, I think it's, well, it's a lot. I would argue that it's probably somewhere between 15 and 30% on average for most prior to this event. And I think it's largely tied to, if you go back in time, just a couple of years even, when you, everything requires a password, right? So when you're setting up a new account, 
what's the easiest thing to do? It's not leverage your last pass or other password manager. It's type something that you know. Type something that you know, right? And then you add it to your password manager because it's quick and easy. And then right. you forget to go back and make it better or right. better yet, start with better and create the account. And I think part of that was also tied to the fact that the tools we used were a whole lot less sophisticated than they are now. And so there was always this fear when you use some sort of password generator that you'd paste it in, create the account, and it didn't store it. And now right. you're back to trying to recover it and get back. Right. Into now you're account. having to recover it and then you're in a hurry and then you type in something familiar. And so hopefully, you know, to there your you point, go. change has actually started to occur because we're understanding and recognizing that the vault being compromised isn't my biggest problem. The passwords that I used that are potentially duplicates means compromise or figure out one, you have access to many. Yep. So our goal was to start with sort of the least of these and work our way up to the SSO slash password managers and, and legitimate password management. And when I say password management, that's like legitimate. I'm not talking about a tool that handles the copy paste in the traditional sense of like, I right click, hit copy and then hit paste. It's actually using some sort of API driver where it's populating an encrypted uh it's using the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The hash is being right. pasted in, not the plain text. So I'll let you start this one because I know on this next part two, when we get into using your browser as, as a password manager, uh, that's more in what I've spent too much time on the last few days. So So walk me through like password management, like simplistic version or the easy way of doing it that maybe is better than nothing, but can be approved upon. So I, I, I think where you're headed with this is the easy, the easy way of doing it is just letting your browser do it. Yeah, I think so. Or, or, um, you know, you've got native password management in some of the, whether it's Mac OS or some of these other, whether it's keychain or yeah, whether it's keychain. And, right. and and there's varying degrees of how powerful those are. I'm not I'm not trying to downplay or or even dismiss the value of those tools, but more of like this is pre-consciousness, if you will, on actually thinking about the importance of password hygiene. So so to your point, yes, uh, auto store in, in the browser. So so going down that path for a minute, because until recently, browsers didn't do a very good job of suggesting a good password to be Correct. stored in the browser. They just would store whatever you put into They'd the They'd store fields. whatever you, type, you you put in there and, and you were good. So, yeah, I mean, is that better than nothing, assuming you're doing a different password? In some ways, yes. Um, actually, probably in a lot of ways, yes. Maybe I'm not giving it enough credit from the perspective of, well, at least you're, you know, using a different password. And the, and the vast majority of sites that are brute forced, you know, I guess, I guess you got to think about what's the probability of something being attacked. Is it that your workstation was attacked and somebody scraped all the passwords out of that browser? Mm -hmm. Or is it that, um, you know, a, a site is brute forced. Uh, and your password happened to not be 
secured well in that database that they come right you had a right you had right you had a crappy password or you know you're doing the thing that you know we we tell people to do uh 30 days out of the year um which is to always use a different password and then cybersecurity month is over and then everybody goes back to doing what you know nine out of ten hackers suggest you use the same password everywhere well, so before we go deeper into the browser, I almost want to walk backwards today and say, if I were to use, you know, a piece of paper, mm-hmm. some sort of indexing that, you know, P is for, you know, PFSense, and that's where I store my credentials for my PFSense firewall or whatever the logic right. is behind it, you would have to physically compromise my environment that I have that stored in for that to be of any value. And I think today, if you're using say the browser to generate a secure password or you're using, or, or like one of those secure password generator sites. Right. Yes, there's risk that you write the password down wrong. Your L is a one kind of thing. Right. But are we, are we not on the same page that that's actually pretty secure as far as passwords go? If you are, I mean. <laughs> so you're saying the joke of, uh, don't, Keep it in a in a notebook because that's right. a bad idea. No, that's a pretty damn. It's far more secure than keeping it on the machine, or God forbid, storing it on some cloud storage. And 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 that might even be like if it was stored in like let's just use say OneDrive, and you didn't store it as you know passwords that are important dot doc. Um, they still have to compromise your OneDrive to get to the document that. Because right. you didn't call it passwords. It's called, you know. Double poem. undercover secret stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, poem, poems poems to uh, to read, you know, I don't know, whatever, right? Like favorite quote, quotes of the day, right? Like you could call it yeah. anything as long as you know yeah. what it's called. As long uh, as you know what it's called. My yeah. name is Diego Montoya, .doc, right? Um, like no no hackers looking for well now he is because i just said this out loud oh, and everybody yeah. used my yeah. idea but but like the hackers are not looking for things that would obviously not be passwords they don't have time right and there's low hanging fruit so yeah. i don't want to we could go down this rabbit hole a long ways but my my point is like to what you said yeah physically offline is better than it being stored in a digital footprint in some respects because there's a lot there's a lot there's a lot bigger threat surface when it's digital than when it's physical right Right. So that takes us kind of to the part two of this um, and talking more specifically about using your browser to store passwords. Um, we all we all are familiar with syncing, uh, whether we're syncing just to have it secured as a backup somewhere in case my machine got re-imaged or we're using sync so that if I log in on a different machine, all those have things all are- history yeah, and- right. Yep, it's all there, right? To your point, and we were talking about this earlier, you said, I don't sync or I don't log in to my browser. And I think that there's value both directions with that. I would, however, argue that having password sync turned on and being logged into your browser, probably not the best idea because you said it. What happens if the machine is compromised or I go to a website and I go to put in credentials and 
inadvertently, the browser decides to dump my entire database of passwords. Now, I may not dump them, obviously, into that website, but there's things obviously listening or scraping from another tab that has right. potentially collected that in plain text. And we know the internet and the world of Google indexes and lives on forever. So whether or not it was intentionally dumped out there doesn't mean that someone doesn't stumble upon it and go, ooh, this looks fun. Um, this right. says Eric Hansen <laughs> right there at the top. I wonder who Eric Hansen is and starts using that to, to right. do nefarious things, right? So you're saying somebody could type my name into Google and find me? Oh no, they would have to know where you work. Yeah, that, yeah, yes. That, <laughs> and with your spelling, how many Eric Hansons are they going to find? A lot, as it turns out. <laughs> you know, as it turns out, if you have a last name I mean, Johnson, you're definitely not showing up on the first five to 10 or 15 pages because no, no, there's plenty no. of bad, bad stuff happening with celebrity world to know that, no, I have not ever played for the, I think it was the Falcons. Just yeah. FYI. Or no, it was yeah. the Eagles. Yeah. I've never played yeah. for the Eagles. Also, I'm white. So that will give it away that it's not me. Details, details. details. But I'm apparently a doctor in, in Bakersfield. Hey, it's, it's not so far away. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's close so, by. So, yeah. so uh, unravel, if you will, going further with me down the browser side, because I think a lot of people as we go to number three, which is like, say the last pass or your bit warden, that I didn't do that. Therefore I'm more secure. And I think we touched on it a little bit, but I know you've seen some of the stuff surrounding this. There's some serious dangers here and your browser having anything to do with storing your passwords, even if right. they're suddenly really good at it, they haven't always been good at it. And that timeline of being say bad at it far exceeds becoming good at it good at forward. it right right yeah so uh, you know i don't know it, it it feels to me like using uh the browser as your storage mechanism and then synchronizing that a you're handing it to whoever the service provider is um and b is you know they're a big target do you know how they really store that stuff on the back end um you know, what's the key to, uh, to, to unencrypt that data? I mean, I'm going to presume that Google and Microsoft are, are encrypting this somehow on the back end, but, um, you know, we don't really understand, uh, or at least it, that I've seen, it hasn't really been made public. How do they really store this? What's the, what's really the mechanism? Um, so let's that password storage. I think we could create an assumption here. We'll just say that it's okay. okay. Not, not because it is or isn't, but let's just say it's okay. okay. All right. If so I think of... So it's okay. And now I've got it synchronized across my cell phone and all my PCs and... Crap, you're jumping ahead of where I thought I could go. But you're right on. <laughs> you keep, just keep going. And my iPad and, mm -hmm. and how much of that stuff lays around and is maybe not as secure as we'd like. So, hey, I, or, can, I, I, I picked up your phone off the street, you know, yeah. off the street or, well, I mean, I, I don't think that there's a high probability that somebody's going to be able to break into a, a reasonably modern phone, you know, whether it's Android or, or Apple, you know, pick, pick the side of the fence you, you want to operate on. But, you know, I don't think there's a high probability that 
I'm going to be able to pick up your cell phone in a bar, Chris, and break into it before it locks itself. But see, I don't think that's really that. So to me, that's not the problem. I, I totally agree with you. So so I was thinking about this as we were kind of going down the sink path, <laughs> sinking path, mm-hmm. not S-Y, it's an S-I. Thinking right? down the sink path? Yeah, yeah. So So what comes to mind for me is this big shift that we've seen where we're really not okay with BYOD anymore. And I would I would argue that for the most part, very few organizations have spent a lot of energy on how they manage what is or isn't allowed to happen inside the browser. Uh, they might have some extension restrictions, maybe. Um, they may suggest that you only use your work email address for logging into the browser or have not even talked about it at all. But they've got a policy that says we don't allow work stuff to happen on said iPad or any BYOD device. But then you're at home, you're, you left the computer at work and you're like, man, I really wanted to finish going through that article that was sent to me by so-and-so. And so you pull up a computer at home because, you know, years ago, that wasn't a big deal. People didn't have computers right. sitting, you know, in their car and everywhere you turn and you log into your browser and all of that data gets dropped onto your computer. And more importantly, it allows for you on this device not managed by your organization to put data that's not been through the gatekeepers and is now in there. And I would suspect in most cases that no matter how great your tools are to protect the host or your network perimeter, when it's coming through that sink, it is not getting flagged by those perimeter or host devices until potentially it's too late. Or you never know that it happened. Well, you never know that it happened. So I'll, I'll give you a perfect example of that happening. Um, I, I'm in a group where different people do presentations. And one of the people, I'm the technical guy. So I, I supply the PC. So someone's like, oh, yeah, I forgot to bring my presentation. Can I log in and get it? Sure. Now, what do I talk to this group about? I talk security. about security. You're making my heart beat faster. I know where this is going, I think, and it's making me nervous. So this individual goes ahead, logs in, gets their presentation, does their presentation. We move on. What did that person fail to do? I'm going to go with log out. Of Chrome. Oh, geez. I I had all of that person's passwords. I had everything. Well, and to add some fuel to the fire on this one, because this bothers me to no end, we all have multiple or potentially multiple Google accounts, whether it's, right, you know, you're an admin on someone else's, so you help them and you, you know, you log in. So now you're logged in and it says, would you like to add an account? What it doesn't do is give you the ability to log out of an individual account. You can only log out of all of the accounts, which most people are like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't remember my password. I don't remember my password. Yeah. Yeah. So many weeks go by. It comes around to being my turn to talk about security again. And guess who got example? (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Why why Why? not to do something? Here's, here, here is exactly how easy it is to inadvertently do this. 
you know, how many, you know, I, I don't know, I'm going to go down the MSP road. How many, how many times has, you know, has one of your engineers been working on something for somebody logs into, I'll use IT Clue as an example, but it could be any, any. MSP it, it, yeah, it's all, I mean, you, you got to have an illustration, right? Right, right. So I'm not picking on glue. Sure. Um, or sniffing but, it. Right. Well, there was that time, which <laughs> explains a lot of things. <laughs> when I worked in a hobby store. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, you know, there's a reason they call that stuff you put on on tissue dope, too. That's right. Sand. Um, but, you know, I guarantee any MSP listening to this, has had an engineer inadvertently mm-hmm. leave a, an end user workstation logged into some tool that they absolutely shouldn't have been logged into. Correct. Whether, you know, that potentially gives up some security information or maybe all the security information, you know, because they're just not thinking about it. Well, and we've all it's done A little it. far afield, but yeah, I mean, I'm but sure it, I've done it. But you just gave a perfect example of... of- the things that we talk about that go back to password hygiene. I am less concerned with a user whose password session expires in four hours or eight hours, as opposed to 30 days. And yet we talk more about having two FA and 26 character passwords than we do about ensuring that it requires reauthentication on a more frequent basis. And I know there's right. a balancing act here. I'm not trying to say, hey, go move everybody to, you know, 15 minutes and then ask for a password again. No one right. wants well, to Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the, it, yeah, I mean, that's the problem with, with multi-factor authentication too. Absolutely. You know, it, multi, multi, it's one of the things we cover in our security training is, is, you know, look, if you keep getting, because I think it was, I want to say it was, a Cisco employee that oh, that right. was that that was how they got in session was was well no no it wasn't the oh, session they, it was it was um MFA fatigue yep they just kept banging on it and yep. sending sending the MFA request and finally the user's like I need this to stop and they said okay and and quite honestly that's a like turn your phone a, off right and that that's actually an interesting <laughs> example of the fatigue setting in, but but you think about all the other scenarios where they're not even getting you to do a password reset. They're just getting you to supply the two FA, or they're getting, or they've or they've already grabbed it from the session, and finally figure out where to place it because they it hasn't timed out yet. Your session is still active. Right. So right. this this lends itself and, obviously, and in to some the, ways, in some ways, that's a concern that I have with. How frequently uh, I pick on Microsoft here? Uh, Office 365 requires authentication. Yeah, great. I show up from a different IP address, you know, or or a, an admin's gone in and done the work to say, okay, here's how here's how frequently I want to reauthenticate that session. But by default, you got you got a month. Well, this gets into that whole shared resource mindset that I think still exists at Microsoft, right? So like there's still this mindset that you and I share the same desktop. So I log in, I get prompted, you log in, you get prompted, so on and so forth. 
if I have device trust, because I'm the only person that uses the device, boy, you make for a completely different security mindset, right? Because if I try to log in now from another device, there should be an immediate red flag. Right. So this lends itself to the last part of our conversation. And again, I want to emphasize that this isn't about bashing on any vendor. We know that any one of the every vendors, we, every vendor's got problems. Yeah. And we know for a fact that vendors that you and I might recommend today, if they haven't already had compromise, are feasibly the next on the list, right? Yep. But one of the things that stands out to me is less about LastPass and more about what LastPass and others have as a component of their feature offering that adds a layer of security that goes largely ignored because it takes effort beyond what is say reasonable in some cases to get set up because no two vendors are created equally, right? When it comes to APIs and doing SSO integration, you could have three three integrations go like clockwork and no big deal and it's done. And then the fourth one's like, we've been working on this for three weeks and we cannot get the integration to work. So, so I get that this can be challenging. But I think about SSO and I think about it in lieu of the last pass situation and thinking about, man, what would have happened if all I had to do was change one or two credentials as opposed to all of my credentials? Because SSO can still have the 2FA. Right. I don't know the credentials on the back end, which means I know far fewer sets of credentials. Meaning that, yes, if they brute force the credentials in that vault that's offline, I'm still not changing 300 passwords. I'm changing two or three or one, right? right. So right. that's obviously kind of the the holy grail of, of password management or, or better better employee management of passwords. But talk to me a little bit on your thoughts around, you know, LastPass, not specifically the company, but the idea that says, because of this incident, I should jump to another vendor. Immediately, or, immediately right. jump ship. Right. Because when I looked at my challenges with LastPass, and I'll, I'll let people know, I, I do use it. It was painful to change passwords, but it exposed something for me that I didn't plan on, which was reused passwords and um, bad passwords that I hadn't done a good job of cleaning up before this incident that has forced me to go and clean it up. That's not LastPass's fault. No, that was so, pre-existing crap that you've always had. Pre-existing. So, right. and, and this is what's come out and a lot of people have gotten a little bent out of shape about it. It's like, well, they should have told us. It's like, no, you should have had a better master password. No, you should have had 2FA. No, you should have been right. following the directions that not just LastPass has been giving you, but everybody in the industry that talks about better password hygiene and you ignored it because you're like, I have password manager and it's great. Right, right. Well, I mean, well, let's face it, you know, you and I and probably everybody on this, you know, that listens to this. Um, all if, five if other people. All five other people. Yeah. If we got right down to it, Every single one of them has at least one shared credential. Or one guessable password for sure. Well, right. If right. not both. Because, you know, I, if somebody wants to break into my Bolt account at the Bolt vendor I buy Bolts from for my car projects, do I care? Really? 
Probably so I think not. you just because I, I don't say because I don't say the payment form there. But you also just highlighted, I think, what may be more important than any of the things we talked about to date. What data, what information about you, your company, your fill in the blank, I don't care if something's important to right. you, whatever it is, is in that account. Is in that account. Because right. if it's not important, then our conversation about you should have a strong path. Why? What's it for? What's it protecting? Um, do you just want any Tom, Dick, and Harry logging into the account? Okay, that's different. And yeah, it could be a guessable password because the reality is that's not who's trying to log into that account. And if it's one of those individuals logging in, it doesn't matter because they got nothing that's of value to them. Um, hey, I could log in and change the time clock cards for all of the employees. Okay, that one, that's I may want to have a better security on, not because the threat actors that are out there that are going to steal information, but those that are employees of the organization are like, oh, yeah, I only logged 32 hours last week, but it was really cool. I could open up a, 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 a developer tool in the browser and I was able to go in and modify and hit submit and boom, it, and boom, it, it made worked. the changes that I needed, right? Yeah. That's yeah. the piece that bothers me more than anything is that we are so hung right. up on the security component of the the actual gate than whether or not there's something worth what protecting. They, what the gate it. is protecting, right? Or can I walk around it? Like we're we're literally laser focused on the fact that I can see a gate. And it was funny because on security now they were they gave this example of one of those security gates where when your when your car drives across the sensor and then prompts for you to do the 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 key pass, right? Well, then they show you the picture zoomed out of this gate and literally it's a two lane. You, you can just drive around the gate. Like, but when it was zoomed in, you're like, yeah, nobody's, nobody's gonna be able to get through unless they break the gate and you zoom out and it's like, yeah, but there's two lanes. You're not supposed right. to go down the other lane because it's the opposite direction. Right. But from a security standpoint, good yeah. luck stopping the you know two ton car that's going through there. Well, and and uh, we have a, a client that's a perfect example of the gate. Um, you know, if uh, the way the gate sensors work, and it is a sort of secure facility, you just follow somebody in. Yeah, the the other one that I because <laughs> the gate is... doesn't know if it's a car or a truck, and in all probability, the person you're following in isn't paying attention to. Yeah, I don't know if they belong here. Let me stop and let that gate close so that they can't drive in. Or the other direction where the sensor is motion sensor and it opens the and gate. And it just automatically opens the gate. Which yeah. I had a friend of mine. He's like, oh, just walk around the gate. He's like, the gate will, the motion sensor will activate and you can drive in. I'm like, why do you have this? Yeah. <laughs> and it came with the house. So, keep the honest people honest. Yeah. It's like, it's an illusion. <laughs> we do it for all of our friends. There you go. So, uh, Eric, any last thoughts? Because I think we could we can beat the dead horse on LastPass. I don't think LastPass is the issue here. If those of you that are really worried about LastPass, yeah. uh, change at least yeah. change your sensitive credentials and put two FA yeah. on everything that you can. Is it a good idea to change your MasterPass? Sure. Is that going to fix I, this problem? No. No. And and is and is LastPass the only one that's going to have this problem? Well, we know for, we know at least one, if not two others, that have had a an incident in the last year, more than one time. Right, LastPass is the current news headline. 
yeah, yeah, they're the, they're the current ones getting spanked. And, you know, have they had some other problems in the, in the last year? Yeah, everybody kind of gets their, their time in the box, if you will, though. Well, isn't popularity, um, uh, it, remember back in the day when we said, oh, I use a Mac because they don't get viruses. Then the right. desktop platform saturation happened. And now we see the same is true in the Linux world. Linux is splashing headlines with vulnerabilities that are just as scary as what we've seen on every other platform. So if you yeah. navigate elsewhere and more of you navigate to the destination you went to, the higher probability is going to happen to you on that platform too. Yep. Yep. The so, popular, the popular thing is going to be the thing that gets attacked because guess what? That's where the most targets are. So I will leave our audience with this. Add to this. If you can think of something else, password hygiene is of utmost importance, regardless of what platform, make sure that there's a policy with enforcement in place and a way to measure continuous, continuous compliance with compliance. it over time yeah. so i'm not proposing that you boil the ocean here so limit the scope maybe maybe your measurement is going to be against active directory maybe it's against something else i really don't care but you should be observing and alerting to if there's a change that violates the policy why did it violate the policy who's and and don't allow for anyone on the administrative side of this including C-suite resources that are like, I don't have to because I'm in charge. Don't <laughs> right. let them live above the policy just because it's inconvenient. Right, right. Well, and that's a, that, that, that's a, that's a big problem. You know, the, the reality is at the end of the day, security is a pain in the butt. It's going to always be a pain in the butt. It's going to become a bigger and bigger pain in the butt. It but just the is. Better, the better we educate, the better we communicate, the less of a burden it actually has to be because right. 30 days I mean, isn't terrible to put your password in again. I would argue that same day isn't the end of the world. I think what causes I, I, problems- I would, I, would, I would agree. Where you have problems is when you have things like, I opened a different browser. I switched computers. Now, some of those things are, are givens, but I think we can do better on the complexity side for the user experience implement better on the front end so that you don't have to make all these changes down the road when no one wants the changes to happen in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything to add to that before we uh, tell our listeners uh, good night? Well, Hey, I'm just going to, I'm going to click on my order here in, Am in the Amazon cart and get that password manager book. I encourage everybody to get at least one, if not two. I think two is probably better. That way you have a master right password compliance. for the other password manager. There you go. I yeah. like it. I yeah. like it. Yep. <laughs> uh, and, and if you want to really secure it, um, those, those uh, three-hole punch notebooks, uh, you can put a, a lock through one of those holes and ensure that no one will be able to get into the ah. password manager. There you go. But you may want to use a Sharpie to write on the back of the combination lock, at least the first two the numbers first in two... the combination. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And right. those master well, locks, you just write the key code on the outside just in case. For those of you listening, this has been an episode of MSP 1337. Thanks and have a great week. Thanks, Russ.